Good afternoon, you. Welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. It is a Wednesday. It's lovely out there. It's very warm out there today. And to think the weather folks said it was going to be awful the first day of the fourth Ashes test between England and Australia got underway today. It was expected to be interrupted by rain, 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 rain. But the cricket, much to the happiness of the people who've come to Manchester for the cricket, uh, the cricket has been uninterrupted, unspoiled thus far. I know. You didn't come here for the cricket. I know. But it's nice anyhow. I'm going to be taking your telephone calls, your Skypes and even your WhatsApps this afternoon. And I look forward to them. I've had a mental old day. Mental. I'll tell you about it in a moment. And then we'll chat on the phone. And I'm opening the lines much, 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 much more early. Much earlier even than usual. Okay, so get in touch with me. All of the details are posted on social media and they're on richieallen.co.uk. Uncensored, unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. If you've never called the program before, I'd love to hear from you today. So please get in touch with me. If you're a lady, any women here today? No, uh, there should be. I'd like to hear from you today. I'm going to give you a few talking points. Like I said, I'm opening the lines that bit earlier because I've not got much else for you today. But I'll give you one or two talking points we might get into. All right, Wednesday's programme. It is the 19th of July, 2023. And a mad day today. If you listened to me yesterday, you will have heard me mutter and moan under my breath at the beginning of the programme. There was a little technical problem, you see. In this uh, Starship Enterprise type situation I've got here, there, there is a power loss programme that has persisted. A power loss pro- issue. A power loss issue, right? Anyway, so what did I do this morning? I did the thing that no presenter should ever do because presenters are idiots at the best of time. Me included, me included. And you should leave the technical stuff to the experts. And this morning I went in. It's all digital. So you go in and there's a display. This is the actual console. And I managed to delete microphones and channels and pretty much undo everything that was done when it was all put together. Not out of temper or out of frustration, but I thought, I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll figure it out. So up until four o'clock this afternoon, the people who built this damn thing were kind of logging in remotely to kind of put it all back together. And here we are. It's been mad. Uh, The better half has been in Dublin. She's had a mad day, my better half. Her company... Owing to secrecy, I'm guessing, flew her to Dublin this morning. They don't care about climate change. Wait for this. They flew her to Dublin at the crack of dawn this morning. She left Dublin Airport, went to her company's headquarters in Dublin. It's a global corporation, right? In she went. They handed her a laptop and said, Now get your hairy little French arse out of our office, back on the plane, back to Manchester Airport. That's astonishing. They wouldn't send it via courier. They don't trust it. Security is such a big deal for this company that they said to El Frogo Tremendito, they said, get over here, 
get the laptop, all on their dime, of course, and then get your pretty little backside back to Manchester. So she's absolutely scooby. She's knackered. She's cream crackered. Yeah. But there, so I've had a mad day. So looking after the puppies and, and everything. There are contact details for the program. They, 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 the day, day. They are on Facebook. They are on Twitter. They're also on richieallen.co.uk. I want to hear from you today. And if you're not anywhere near Facebook or Twitter or even my website, here they are. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, but there's a WhatsApp number as well. It's 07565 942270. 07565 942270. It's all on the bloody social media, as I said. Nigel Farage sees himself as quite the martyr, just Nigel. Because the bank, or one of the banks he was banking with, a bank called Coots. Coots closed his account. You'll know about this. It's been rumbling, this story, for a few weeks now. He said at the time, I'm being cancelled by my bank. My bank is closing my account because of my opinions. At the time, the lying scallywags at Coots said, no, it's not. It's because you don't have enough money in your account. They were lying. A dossier emerged in the last uh, 24 hours. A Coots dossier. Dozens of pages where he was criticised by staff at the bank because of his views on Brexit, immigration, Donald Trump, LGBT issues and much more. Farage loves this, of course. These days he presents for GB News. This is vaudeville. This is madness. This is laughing in our faces. It really is. It's, uh, it's some version of throwing crap. You know, absolutely just excrement. Throwing excrement over people. That's probably a bit crude. Maybe the analogy doesn't work. Last night on GB News, yet again, we had Jacob Rees-Mogg, Tory MP, interviewing Tory MPs and agreeing with each other. This is absolute madness that people are buying this is the alternative. Because on some issues, people find themselves in agreement with Jacob Rees-Mogg and Nigel Farage. They think this is great. This is the alternative. It isn't the alternative. It never has been the alternative. I don't think I need to outline why again. Do I need to mention depopulation? Do I need to mention vaccine injuries? Do I need to mention more gallons? Do I need to mention chemtrailing? This is not the independent media. They are driving you to another political point of view, to another political end game. It is a means to an end to keep you invested in politics by getting loud mouths like Farage and Dan Wooten, but not for much longer, to tell you things that you, you know, that you know already. So Farage is a martyr now. That doesn't mean, of course, that I have any sympathy with the bank. Of course I don't. This isn't new. It happened to me years ago. It happened to Tommy 16 Names Robinson. It happened to Toby Young. Point is, when it happened to people like me, with, you know, with respect, this is a pretty popular radio show. And when it happened to me, I tried to get some interest in the mainstream media. I wasn't being naive. I just thought, well, this is a big story. Regardless of whether you think the Richie Allen show is full of cranks and spooks and kooks and madmen, which it isn't, but regardless of what you think about it, you've got to be concerned about PayPal deleting an account and keeping money. But the mainstream media didn't give a damn. 
But they're all over it when it's Toby Young. They're all over it when it's Farage and others. Why? Because those people keep directing you down rabbit holes and at the end of the rabbit hole that Nigel Farage will direct you down is a political choice. The real independent media, there's about three of us on planet Earth, have been saying for many, many, many years that every political party and politician who's been elected is controlled, lock, stock and barrel by the same people. And that goes for the Russian government, the Turkish government, it goes for any right-wing or seemingly conservative Republican politician who might be running for president next year. They're all controlled. And it is mainstream light, in my opinion. You are nowhere near the truth if you still find yourself aligning yourself with politicians like Nigel Farage or Jacob Rees-Mogg. It's mental. That being said, it's terrible that a bank, it's terrible that any institution can exclude somebody and say, well, we'll not even have the courage to say, as Coots didn't have the courage to say it, they told lies about his, 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 his finances, but not even having the courage to say, we don't want your business because we don't like some of your opinions. We might talk about that today. Has this happened to you? And it doesn't ne- even need to be money. It doesn't need to be access to PayPal or access to a bank. Has it happened to you? Have you been excluded from an association? Is it maybe you had a membership of, a prior membership of maybe? Has it happened? Has a school, um, you, you, you know, told you that, no, your, your, your child, your son or your daughter is not going to be enrolling there because of maybe your point of view or maybe they didn't tell you, but maybe you felt that was the reason. You get what I mean, don't you? Let's talk about these things. All the contact details are at the top of uh, Facebook for the show and Twitter for the show and richieallen.co.uk. Nigel Farage, ever the martyr, uh, has demanded an apology for uh, from the BBC because the BBC reported a couple of weeks ago when this began that his bank account was closed for financial reasons. Farage is a fucking idiot with a capital F and a capital I. The BBC reported exactly what they were told by Coots, which was um, there was some issue with his finances, some issue with his, with, his, with his savings account. You've got to have a lot of money to have a Coots bank account. So the BBC, as bad as it is, basically just reported what Coots had said to it. It's now nearly 11 minutes past the hour. I am going to open the WhatsApp and the Skype fairly immediately fairly immediately, right? And I'd like to move it along. So um, come on with me, have an actor with me, but make your point. Be succinct with it and it'll um, motivate others to do the same. Let me give you those details one more time. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Weren't them Stephen Murphy and Aidan Killian just absolutely wonderful last night, weren't they? Wasn't it great? I've had a huge. I've had a lot of correspondence today. I didn't really notice it until very late on because of my travails, because of my trespasses, my trespassing on my, on my, my, on my radio studio. But yeah, quite a, a number of people getting in touch to say they really enjoyed listening to both of the guys. And the poem that was read out by Stephen, of course, emailed from dog to man. I hope I gave it its 
bright and proper title. Absolutely beautiful. I've been chatting with him today. I bought a copy of his book of poems last night. As soon as I got off air, I bought a copy. And he, he was kind enough to get in touch with me to say, would, um, would, would we like it personalised? And I said, absolutely. Lovely guy, Stephen Murphy. Lovely to connect with people from back home. Now, again, the contact details can be found richieallen.co.uk and the social media pages for the programme. Here's another one for you before I open the lines and get out of the way. I've heard listeners tell me in the last, uh, say, in the last 48 hours that they believe the media is flat out lying about the temperatures in southern Europe. Do you think there's any possibility that might be true? Don't call me naive. Don't, don't. You, you know better than that, right? It's not always black and white. Could they get away with that? I mean, I've got friends in southern Europe, in southern Spain, really, one or two friends in Italy, and they tell me it's bloody hot, right? They're not claiming climate change, but they are saying it's bloody hot there. But I'm open to the possibility that they are exaggerating the temperatures and that when they show you the big red maps on Sky and on the BBC and on RTE that in fact the 46 and the 45 is a lie. Might be 41, 42. But they're bumping it up a bit. Do you think that might be possible? I'd love to hear from you today. This is The Richie Allen Show. It is Wednesday's programme and I've got Mark Morrison on the turntable for you. On the turntable. There isn't a turntable here, I'm, I'm telling I'm telling porkies. Your calls are next, get in touch with me. I'm looking forward to it with you till seven. The Richie Allen Show, there's nothing like it. Let's um Ixnay, let's 86 as they say, stateside Mark Morrison. Julie is in first. I'm delighted. There must be something in the water this week with Irish folks reaching out to us, which is wonderful. Julie is a former nurse and she joins us live from Ireland. Julie, you're very welcome. How are you? I can't believe you've actually asked me. There you are. Well, you're <laughs> I'm first fine, in. thank you very much. You're, you're, um, it's lovely to have you on. Now, you don't sound very Irish now, Julie. No, I, I know I don't sound it, but um, no, I was born in London, but we moved here. We live in Kilchamar, the west of Ireland, and so- we moved here about... Oh, about 20 years ago now, maybe? 18, 19 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And, and you're obviously very self-confident because you kept the accent. You don't you don't sound like me now, Julie, <laughs> kind of a thing, you know. But anyway, I want to talk well, to my... you, right? Because, because, sorry to interrupt you there, but, but this is... This is no, a, no, go on. What you've said to me in the message is important and I want to give you a few minutes. I'll give you a little few mm-hmm. more minutes than we thought we might do uh, and maybe even more minutes than that. But you were 25 years nursing and... I was, You yeah. quit during... COVID. Why? What happened? Well, so I, I trained in London. I was a nurse for all those years. I was back in 1995, I think I started. And um, so when COVID struck, when it all kicked off, I was up in the general hospital. I was a peds nurse. I was like nurse children. And I just couldn't cope with the fear and the lies. And I saw through it straight away, but only because of the likes of you and my brother, I'll give him a shout out, Gordon Carroll, who listens to you all the time, <laughs> and my husband. And so, so um, I just knew it was all, ro- it was so wrong. And on an e- energetic level, it just, I just couldn't cope with it. And the fear in people that come in with their babies, with their children, having to swab them, it was just, it was something I just, it just, I couldn't do it. I just literally physically couldn't do it. It made me sick. I used to try and tell people, 
oh no, don't worry about the mask. Don't worry about that. Or, you know, it's just, you know, don't worry, don't worry. But people didn't see it. So they'd look at you like you had two heads, three heads, whatever, you know, they just couldn't quite see it from where I was coming from. And so, and you can't make people see that. And I, and even my colleagues as well, you know, and fair play to them, they're wonderful, wonderful people. And some of the best people you'd ever see or meet in the, in your life, but they again didn't see it. I don't know whether they see it now. I'm gone now. And maybe some of them did. And if they did, they were just too scared to say that. And I don't judge people for carrying on or for doing whatever that they did. But for me, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. So I had to, I had to step away. Now that can't have been easy, Julie. No, I was the only one on the ward that didn't get jabbed. So, um, and people never actually said anything to my face, but I'm sure they talked about me in the tea room, but there you go. <laughs> and, and did you, yeah, I'm sure they did. Did you think that it was going to be a case of either have the jab or sling your hook? Um, that happened to, um, there was kind of threats with letters, but they were kind of empty. And that did happen to some departments where um, people weren't allowed on the front line, as in people that like domestic staff, the cleaning staff, they got um, redeployed to elsewhere in the hospital. Nobody actually lost their jobs, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, it never happened to me. And people kept saying, oh, you're going to be moved or da, 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 da. But nothing happened. And then I left anyway before I, so I was there the first bad season of it as in when everybody was coming in but saying that at the same time everyone was coming in but it was the quietest we've ever ever known it it was bizarre you're kidding bizarre me so you so you'd be used to yeah. winters where flu might be raging around and it'd be yeah. rammed but you felt it was a bit less busy than normal that's interesting oh 100 percent. and then and then the people that you know people were bringing in babies that were you know, they just had a bit of a cold or just your normal stuff, but the fear that was in parents and what, and it was so awful to see and then having to do horrendous swabs and, you know, just, and I knew it was a complete farce, just a pure farce. And I just, and I always remember infection control nurse coming around at the beginning when it all kicked off and she went, um, no, no one needs to wear masks. This is what she said, because she's going, no, that's nonsense. Absolutely not, because everyone's going to be touching it and it's just going to be cross-infection. You're going to be uh, spreading germs everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the narratives changed. The direction was everyone must wear masks at all times. And I just, I looked her in the face and I just, and she went, yeah, that's the new directive. And it was like, these are the rules, you know, and you want your job. You go along with it. Yeah, we talked. We, we talked about back in 2020. We talked about how arbitrary so much of the stuff was. I mean, you're a trained nurse, an experienced lady. I'm obviously not. I don't know anything about it, but I'm not stupid. I know that a sneeze or a cough will travel 20, 25 feet, maybe a little bit more. And um, you know, putting a mask on is, is just farcical. I mean, I, I, I knew no, that. Nonsense. nonsense, yeah. And the way that they would wear them. I mean, I used to have good chats with uh, one a, a senior doctor. We'd have um, good old chats sometimes. And he'd always be sitting there with his mask, like just hammocking his chin. You know, he wouldn't be wearing yeah. it properly if there was no patients around or whatever. So one day I just said to him, what do you think of all this? Like, and he just looked at me, just dead in, the, dead in my eyes and just lifted up the mask and put it over his mouth and nose as if to say, We'll say no more about this. <laughs> and I thought, okay, so we know where we know where you're coming from. But and tell me but this, then at, Julie. At the same time, a lot of people didn't know, you know. So no. 
no, they did. Trying to badmouth anybody. No, no, you're good. It's very good of you to make that point. A lot of people didn't, and a lot of people never had any reason to distrust their government. So when no. they were told to do it, they thought, well, this must be the right thing to do. Now, because you've worked in paediatrics, you've got to have strong opinions about what they did to children by closing schools and isolating children, keeping them away from their friends. And I think, again, I'm no expert here. I don't have any right to talk about medical issues, maybe, as an expert, because I'm not. But but even telling kids, you know, don't kill granny and stuff like that, that must have horrified you. Huge knock-on effect. And and I have experienced it with my own, my youngest child. You know, she went into secondary school, and then the school was closed. She missed most of her junior, cir- you know, the junior cycle of school. She was at home for most of that. That's had a massive impact on her mental health and not just her mental health, on so many kids' mental health. You know, mental health in, in adolescents and in children is has just gone through the roof. My, I've got friends who work in CAMS in the UK and here. And the mental health crisis that is existing right now is astronomical in young people. And this is just the beginning because... You know, babies walked around looking all in their buggies, just looked up at people, mass, you know, faceless people for the first, you know, those really crucial parts of uh, part of their lives where they were learning how to interact, how to speak, you know, and that that just was all blocked off from them. The consequence of this, we still are yet to find out. Twenty five years. I mean, if I was to ask you about the difference in procedural. I don't know, nursing even, nursing procedures from the time you graduated, you know, to the beginning of the the, the COVID lockdowns. I suppose it's night and day, is it? I said, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of things did change, but I suppose I was in, um, I started out in one of the main hospitals in London and then came to the west of Ireland and no disrespect, but obviously things in, in, a, in a country hospital are going to be fairly behind somewhere that's in a city. So, um, yeah, but yeah, things had progressed and changed a lot. Absolutely, yeah. And what about yeah. and so twenty five years? You're a young woman, and you said there you've you know you've got a young daughter. That can't yeah. obviously have been easy financially. You must have had to think about that, Julie. Say so, sorry, you uh, you cut out there. My apologies. Yeah, no, financially it must have been a fairly serious decision for you. You know, deciding to to walk away, even on a point of principle, and even on your conscience. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It was, it's not an easy decision to make. Um, And yeah, financially, it's been, it's not, it's tough because, but I just couldn't do it. You know, I physically couldn't do it. It was making me sick. It was making me so angry, so sad. I physically couldn't do it. But I do have a lot of belief, a lot of spiritual beliefs. I'd trained in Reiki, I'd done other things. And so I just, I thought, right, if I'm, if I'm right, and this is, and we know this is wrong, then I'm going to put my faith in the gods or in God and I'm going to walk away from this and hope that something comes my way. And that's what I did. Yeah. And has something come your way? I'm still struggling. <laughs> um, yes, I did. I, I retrained in something called belief coding, which um, is a new healing modality. It's actually um, devised by a lady called Jess Cunningham, who um, is based in Sheffield. Anyway, I went over there and did training. It's a method that taps into your subconscious so it kind of taps into why you believe and behave and feel certain ways. And it removes trapped emotions that create limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. But it also works brilliantly. That's why I reached out to you, actually, because I just I've often heard you speak of your sleep issues. And I just thought, my God, because I did a session with a woman who'd been on sleeping tablets for like 20 years and we had one session. 
no lie, one session, one's from Wicklow, one session and she came off the sleep tablets and has never been on them back. And that's like 18 months that we had the session about 18 months ago and just from one session. And it just goes back to, it went back to an event in her childhood where her mother was in hospital and she kind of, you kind of relive the experience and you reframe it. So whatever the experience is that you went through, you you kind of empower that child or empower the experience and it takes away that negative emotion that's still sitting there in your subconscious that's playing out on a daily basis, but you don't realise. Makes a lot yeah, of sense to me. So, yeah, getting there with it, but yeah. And, and Julie, just because listeners will be screaming at me now, Richie, ask Julie again, ask her again, <laughs> What what's it called again? What What's the field of research uh, belief, called? Belief coding. Belief coding. And c- yeah. can I, will I be able to find out about that pretty easily online? Absolutely, yep, yep, it's all there, yep. Well, well, Julie, look, I'm going to obviously make a note of you and your number and I'll stay in touch with you because I'd like to explore that with you maybe in a show, if you don't mind. Um, I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, let's um, let's schedule that for for, for a couple of weeks uh, from now. Listen, I mean this, well done. And and well done probably doesn't sound um, enough, really, but but um, more power to you for on a point of principle because you couldn't stand over the lies and the bad practice you know, well done to you for saying I'm not going to do it and for leaving. Um, it's It obviously was a very difficult thing to do. You obviously for many years loved nursing and loved, you sound like a very much a people's person. So to do that, I, I think took great courage. So well done. Thank you. No, I did. I do miss the job. Um, I miss aspects of it. You know, I miss the people. I miss the children. And, you know, it's a it's a tough job, but um, a very rewarding one. And um, it's an honour to do that work. But when it's gone the way it's gone, then no, it's time to move on. And, and there's other there's other ways of helping people, you know. Thanks. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for reaching out. It's a fantastic first call, Julie. Really, really pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you, Richie. And thanks for all you do. Not at all. Thank you. Julie, how, how cool is Julie? That's absolutely brilliant. What a great first call. Uh, here are the contact details again. We're on WhatsApp. Shall I give you the WhatsApp number? Look, go to Twitter, go to Facebook, go to my website for the WhatsApp number. It's 075-659-42270. But... Uh, Here are the regular details. I want to hear from you today on anything. I'll read something out in a moment that Lucy has sent to me via WhatsApp. I'll read out from Lucy. Uh, Here are the details, by the way. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161-818-2018. If you're... Plus yeah, that's that's me again with me messing around with the faders and the desks and everything. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you do that. Lucy was in touch and said, Richie, I got this from my bank last month and she sent she sent me um the screen grabs and all of that. Um speaking of banks and banks taking liberties with people, serious liberties, right? Um, Lucy had sent a couple of thousand, I don't know, dollars or euro uh, to a property owner, maybe a couple of thousand pounds. Lucy had used um, the a villa previously. It's to do with use, the use of a villa anyway. So forward a 2,000 to this person, right? Says, Lucy, my bank interviewed me over the phone for 45 minutes and withheld this transaction until they'd finished with me. The title of the bank's email said, Email Fraud. I had used my card reader in good faith and the bank details 
of the property owner were recognised at the time of the transaction. As far as I was concerned, says Lucy, the money had been sent, yet the bank still managed to capture it and only released it after they had interrogated me about where the villa was located, etc. That is interesting, Lucy. That's more than interesting, that. Now, I've not had that, right? But I had a serious problem with my bank, the Halifax, last year when pretty much everything I tried to do was blocked by my bank. Like, I might um, find that the day before a game, a ticket had become available for Manchester United, right, in the Stretford end, £40, right? And I'd go and try and buy it, and it would be blocked. The transaction would be blocked. I'd phone the bank. They'd tell me, oh, there was a stoppage put on the account. We're sorry about that. Um, It happens. It's security measures, all of that nonsense. But it would continue to happen. Again and again and again. And I thought, I got a little window, didn't I? A little glimpse into the future, dear listener. When they could stop transactions going in and out of your bank. Maybe because they don't like, maybe because they don't like your your opinions. Or they don't like who your contacts are. The people that you, I don't know, hanging around with. Spending time with. You know? Uh, 0161818, that's the telephone number if you want to call that way, but you can Skype me for free, chat with Richie. I'm also, of course, now on WhatsApp. I want to hear from you today. The WhatsApp number is quite simply 075-659-42270. If you've got WhatsApp on your smartphone, your smart device, whatever it is, you'll be able to get through to me very quickly. I'd like to hear from you. And I would like to hear from more people like Lucy. You know, have you been excluded from anything? It doesn't matter what it is, anything at all. And you believe or suspect that it is because you maybe have a presence on the internet, maybe you have an interest in certain in certain issues in certain geopolitical things, let me know. Dory is live on the line. Good evening, Dory, and welcome back. It's been a long time. How are you? Hi, Richie. You sound, you know, you sound like you're in the next room. Isn't that great? Well, that's, that's good because my browser told me I need to use Bill Gates' browser, not Firefox, so I'm I'm good now. I wouldn't even trust Firefox these days to be. I don't know what I don't know who you can trust story. Remind our listeners it's been a long long time. Give us a give us a kind of um rough whereabouts as to your your location roughly. Uh I'm in New England in the state of Connecticut. In the state of Connecticut. Um are you boiling to death there? Are temperatures in the early 50s in centigrade? Is it 120 degrees? Is climate change killing you there, Dory? Well, it's very hot, but again, you look up in the sky and you can't talk about climate change if we don't talk about the elephant in the room, weather modification. Nobody's ever, has any, to, to your knowledge, I, 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 I've never seen it. I do remember a German weather presenter, you've probably seen the clip on YouTube, but a German guy some years ago admitted it, didn't he? And I think there was a guy working for a Fox News affiliate who talked about hazy cloud, didn't he? And he said, because the military is up there spraying or something. Now, he could have been joking. But I... I, I do, go ahead. I first heard it on your... In, in 2017, you had a guy named Jim 
and his website is Weather Modification History, and he had a whole compilation of weathermen kind of referring to it. Right. He's really good. And uh, anyway, so, but I, yes, I'm roasting and I'm in an upstairs apartment with no air conditioning. So I'm jumping in the lake a lot. Well, thank God you've got the lake. I, I know you yeah. didn't come on to talk about um, geoengineering and chemtrailing, but because we've mentioned it, I've, I, I say this every single time. I believe in my bone marrow that geoengineering is happening Chemtrailing is real. I've seen evidence of it. But it is the one issue, Dory, you cannot get people to engage on because the minute you say it to them, they think that you should be sent to the funny farm. It's all over. You're absolutely nuts, right? <laughs> yeah, my cousin, Fox News Michael. I don't want to know. See that up there, Michael? Uh, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. And um, But you can tell them that at least two states, Rhode Island and Connecticut, has introduced a bill that will eliminate chemtrailing. So there, it has to be a real thing. Um, although, hang on a second. Hang, hang on a second. This is news to me. Hang on. When you say some states have introduced bills to eliminate chemtrailing, that that would imply that on state or at state level, somebody has admitted that chemtrailing is real. What, what's going on? I, I've been all over the place in recent weeks. What, what's happening? Yeah, it's available. It's, it's, uh, it's actually a friend of mine who has the website. I've posted it many times. By the way, you know, I'm still in jail on your forum, but that's another story. No, no, tell me. Um, tell me. Hang on, hang on. What do you mean you're still in jail? I cannot post any. I haven't been able to post on the forum for months. Why? Well, I don't know. Well, it certainly wouldn't be because of anything you said. It's... um. It's a WordPress site. It's mad. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go in afterwards and look for you and see if there's some issue there. It won't be anything you posted because that doesn't happen on, 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 on my site unless somebody's trying to get us into trouble by saying things that they shouldn't be saying. But but you know what I mean? Holocaust deniers and idiots like that. But no, it won't be. Look, leave that with me. I'll, I'll look into that. But finish your you other... You know what, Richie? It could be. I've heard that there's sometimes AI that goes through sites unbeknownst to the owner of the site and puts people in electronic prison, maybe. I wouldn't rule it a out. I mean, I'd be surprised, but I, I suppose I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. Uh, I, I look okay. into it. Um, trust me. So to answer your I'm question... Not a doctor. Go ahead. It's the, the website is called zerogeoengineering.com and it started in the little state of Rhode Island where uh, it's basically, uh, you know how you have car emission standards, each state, you have to go get your yes. car checked. So the bill was written that anything that's flying over the state of Rhode Island or the state of Connecticut, there has to be emissions testing. And if they fail the emissions test, they can't fly. So it would eliminate chemtrailing and it would also eliminate uh, electromagnetic radiation. It's included in the bill. It's called the Clean Air Act. People in the UK can look for it on zerogeoengineering.com. There are people trying to get it into your uh, legislatures there. But here's the problem. <laughs> I know a lady in the Connecticut State Assembly. She was actually a friend of our family. And um, when she told me when she first got elected, I, she was very interested in the GMO problem. And I said, oh, Dorinda, you know, um, 
are you going to start working on the GMO? She said, well, you know, I found out there's, there's really just a few people that run everything <laughs> in the Connecticut State Assembly, right? right? Which we all know. So what happened, they put it in committee and they won't bring it out to have public hearings and to talk about it. So now we have to file common law, try and light a little fire under these people's behinds to let them know that they have to do their job. Do you know what might happen in the meantime? This is a possibility. Go- governments might, not government, sorry. Um, yeah, we can say governments, I think, might announce to people that spraying, I mean, they've said this already, this has been mooted. It's been mooted by Bill Gates, hasn't it? To, to try and block out the sun. Now, we know they've yeah. been spraying the skies for probably 50 years, right? Maybe longer, but may- let's say 50 years. So it, it, they, they might come out and say, we need to do this now even though they've, in fact, been doing it for, you know, forever and a day. So I, I, that's one I think we should kind of keep an eye on in the next, say, 12 to 18 months, where we might hear more and more about putting particles in the atmosphere to reflect the sun's rays away from Earth. And, of course, when that happens, you and I will grin um, <laughs> at, at one another and say, well, you've been, you've been doing it forever. I think that might happen. What do you reckon? I mean, Gates has been talking about this, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I pointed it out to someone and this was kind of a, you know, my former colleagues and friends are all kind of, you know, lefties like yourself. You know, I come from that same tradition and they don't want to hear anything. And then I said, well, I think it's something about to stop global warming. So, oh, yeah, then that must be it. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, they're already doing that. And uh, it's got to end. It's just it's, it's just too much. You know, the, the assault on humanity. But, um, Listen, leave the forum thing with me. I'll sort that out. I'll send you an email and we'll we'll get it sorted. Uh, thanks for the call. Really good to hear from you in New England. I feel so- in Connecticut. I feel sorry for you in the in in the digs, as we say over here, without any aircon. That would drive me. I wouldn't be a. Ver- I mean, I'm not a nice person anyway, obviously. But I'm, I'd be worse. <laughs> I'd be a monster. I couldn't put up with it. But you've got the lake, thank God. You've got yeah, the I've lake got there. my ways. I've got my ways. Brilliant, Dory. So, thank you, Richie. It's great to hear you too. Great to hear from you. Great stuff, Dory. Thank you for that. Great lady in Connecticut there. Yeah, sometimes people can't get onto the forum the, to comment on richieallen.co.uk. I swear there is no censorship. I'll tell you for two reasons. Hayden Hewitt doesn't spend any time on the website and he never censored anybody anyway. He's away making films. I don't have any time to be on there, let alone read what people are posting. So it's um, a WordPress site, you know. We're not millionaires here. I'll try and figure that out. But um, really, it's only the Holocaust denial. And I do that because I've got friends who are Jewish people and they're lovely people. And they're very open-minded. They don't believe in arresting people or any of that sort of stuff. But they don't like that sort of thing. And I say, if you want to go and say, you know, that certain things didn't happen, you're entitled to do that. I wouldn't criticise you for doing it, but do it on your own website and do it on your own social media channels, is what I would say. And I'm entitled to say that because after all, it is my website, but pretty much everything else goes. I mean, if you troll through the comments on the website, there's lots of very critical comments about me and um, they're still there, you know, because I've got, you know, fairly thick skin kind of a thing. It's the Richie Allen radio show. I've not even read comments out. So I'm going to open the 
the, the, the comment line. You, you can comment on the programme as it is going on via richieallen.co.uk or if you like, you can uh, get in touch with me via the app. There is an app these days. Download it and use it, please. Okie doke. Sean has been in touch. He says, Richie, give a shout out to the wonderful Belinda and the ordinary Sean on our 20th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Congratulations, Sean. Sure, we're only a year ahead of you, but 20 is a milestone. Wonderful. Congrats to you and Belinda, and thanks for reaching out to the programme to say that. Coco was chucked off Twitter four times for her views. Views somebody obviously didn't like hearing. Grace Ann has been in touch. Before I read out Grace Ann's comment, I want to hear from you. Pick up the phone. Call me. Uh, Here are the details yet again, please. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Do that, yeah. And you've also got the WhatsApp number, which, listen, this is the last time I'm going to do this. This isn't laziness. It's because I've got a lot of things to do. I'm going to have another jingle made up, which includes the WhatsApp number. Jesus. It's a 075 six five nine four double two seven zero that's the whatsapp number uh have a chin wag with me this fine this absolutely gorgeous wednesday evening here in the northwest of the uk and sure didn't they tell us the weather was going to be schlecht schlecht as they say in deutschland so grace Ann says richie if you go back in history the weather records which recorded the heat show that the temperatures were the same, if not a bit warmer. I've listened to a few people who have records dating back centuries. Those records show recorded temperatures. I think they think, they being the, you know, the elites or the the puppet masters maybe, uh, they think we are too lazy to check the records for ourselves. It's all being hyped up, says Graysan. Sure didn't we know this would happen. Hi to Cookie, who's had it four times, Richie. Last time I recorded it, phone call, says Cookie, scary. They wanted to know so much information about my financial affairs, none of their bloody business. That's what they did to me. The first time it happened, it happened about probably a dozen times, no exaggeration. The first time it was like, um, hi there, yeah, I'm the account holder, yeah. Um, I tried to buy a ticket to see Manchester United, it's now gone. Because the transaction didn't go through. Yes, there's a block on the account. This is my money. What do you mean there's a block on the account? Oh, it's a security measure. And then came the question, is buying a ticket to go to Old Trafford something you would be doing regularly? And of course I say, because I was brought up to say it, that's none of your business. None of your business. Okay? You don't need to be blocking the account. Most banks these days offer people the facility to bank online and they offer people the opportunity to download an app. Okay? They've also got security measures like if you, say, go to buy a ticket to see a concert and you press purchase, okay, they've also got a facility where you will get a text message to ask if it is really you. Which point you would say yes, and the transaction should go through. Something I pointed out to my bank. I said, you've got no excuse for this. You know, if you're concerned about fraud, you, you know, send, send me a text or ask me to go onto the app to complete the transaction because I know the passcode for the app. It's very sinister, this. 
This is not just a misunderstanding. It's very sinister. Tom is in Dallas. Hi, Tom, in Dallas. You should give us a ring, Tom, from Dallas, if you like. Chemtrails also affect health, says Tom. You got that right, Tom, 100%. Uh, Neil says, Richie, for a web browser, I would recommend Brave Browser. It has privacy settings and ad and cookie blockers. That's Neil Brave browser. I've never come across that. That's new to me. That's good. I will check it out. Uh, Neil, thanks for that. Is it the weather? Is it the summer? But you've gone very quiet on me today. Here are the details one more time before I take a tune. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. That's right. And then he fades it down. I, I'm having one of those days, really. I told you I nearly blew it all up this morning by accident. Deleted everything. Tried to find a memory. The last uh, firmware that was downloaded. Can I go back to that? Can I reset back to the last update? I couldn't even bloody well do uh, that. Uh, more music then. And then more of your calls and your messages. It's Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. With me, Richie Allen. This is Elbow. And one day like this, which is marvellous. So it is, yeah. Actually, we'll give Elbow a bit of a miss for a minute and we'll take a call. Thank you. No producers here. We're doing it on the flight caller. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with, please? It's Chris the Gardener, mate. It's it's Chris the Gardener. How are you doing, Chris? Welcome. I'm, uh, I just thought maybe you were struggling for calls, so no. I thought I'd give you a bell. That, g- good of you to do so. Welcome, buddy. What would you like to say? I just wondered if um, you had actually thought about started growing any food yet, Richie, or no. whether any. No, is it not something we could ever tickle your fancy no, I with don't, and get I, you doing? I don't think so. No, I think at the, as it stands, we're 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 well served by decent produce, as it stands, and I don't have the time for it. I don't, and I don't have the love for it that people have. Consuming, Richie, that is that is a fair point. Well, it is, isn't it? You've got to dedicate a bit of time to it, Chris, yeah. But no, I haven't, it hasn't. But yet yet we are 20 metres from a pretty large allotment uh, in Salford. There's a number of allotments in Salford. We're not far from one of them. And um, it does interest me to see people going in and out of there with um, bags of um, growing, what, what would you call it? What would you call it? The stuff, the fertiliser and stuff and all that sort of stuff going yeah. in there. Yeah, it really interests me, yeah. But no, mate, not at the moment. No, 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 fair, mate. I just wondered if if, if I've managed to tickle your fancy at all after the last call. But um, we've got an allotment like you, mate, at the bottom of our road. Um, I haven't got one. There's a waiting list for them. But um, it's brilliant. You see people from my street walking past with watering cans in the evening and, and, you know, like you say, bags of compost. And it's, it's really good chatting to them as well. I get some really good tips off them. Um, I, I was chatting with an old boy that lives across the road the other day and he was telling me about a brilliant way to, to, to grow carrots from seed um, because when I grew mine, mate, they all came like in a clump of about 100. It took me two weekends to thin them all out. And this old boy was saying if you mix the seeds with sand, it thins the seeds out and then get an old bit of gutter in and pop some fertiliser in the gutter in, put the seeds in with the sand in there, and then when they're ready, you can literally just push the soil out one end of the gutter in, and all the seedlings just come apart, and you can transfer them. 
That's really, really interesting. And you didn't know any of this, and you, the experienced gardener. No, mate. Mate, I didn't. I'd never even thought about it. And I just, like I say, I chat to people all the time, mate. I'm one of those people that just, that, that you know, likes to run his mouth off. And I also like listening to people. Tell me this, um, Chris. Tell so me this. Tell, tell me this. Because people, I don't know the answer to this, and I'm guessing people will probably be asking. Allotments are, I think they're pretty unique to the UK. Now, maybe somebody will come on and say they live in a European country and they know about allotments. But allotments are not something that happens in the Republic of Ireland. It just doesn't go on. Do you have any idea, Chris, when did the allotment become a thing in Great Britain? Would it have been after the war or before the war? No, I think think they were pre-war, mate, definitely. Um, And I think they potentially were a Victorian kind of thing. Um, But then having said that, I would have thought if you go back right back into sort of like history, there was always... Perhaps, I mean, like the feudal system was basically that, wasn't it? Everybody had a an allotment, if you want to call it that, a bit of land, and they grew food and for the for the greater good. And but I know that during the Second World War, mate, they were massively promoted um, in terms of like everybody was encouraged, obviously, to dig for victory, and um, people t- um, dug up their lawns at home to, to to create vegetable patches. There was a big push then. Um, and I, I, I know as well that the village I live in used to have three different allotments, and now we've only got one. So I also know that a lot of councils have sold a lot of them off for development, for you know, to build houses on and things like that. They're very hard to get hold of these days, mate. The, I, I know this to be true because when we moved in in, in May of 2019, the better half, who, who would have much more interest in the green-fingered things than I do. She inquired about it and put her name down for it, as we say here, and three and a good bit years later, no no sign of her getting an allotment. I'm just fascinated by the concept. It sounds very much like a socialist idea, doesn't it, Chris, that, that a resident in a neighbourhood yeah. can have a plot of land to go and grow yeah. vegetables or, or whatever. It's a brilliant thing, really. It really is. I, my belief is that it, it, it should almost be written into to, to law that everybody has the opportunity to have some land where they can grow food. I think it's it's criminal that, that, that you know, there's all that land and um, we're not allowed a tiny little bit of it just to, to grow some veggies. But, mate, you've just got to be um, innovative. Do you know I've what, got- Chris? Do you know what? Stay there. Stay there for a minute. You said to me, Richie, um, you sound a bit lonely, so I'll, I'll give you a ring. Um, I'm having the day to end all days. I had um, I had calls muted on WhatsApp and I've missed 11 calls. Well, look, do you want to take another call? Hang on, hang on, because this might be about green fingered stuff. Stay there for one minute. We'll say hello to this next caller. And if it's not about green fingered stuff, you can sling your hook. I'm only joking. Stay stay with us, Chris. (laughs) Um, Hang on, let me get rid of the music first. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a day of it, really. But uh, there's always whiskey. Stay there, Chris. Um, caller on WhatsApp, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. It's Robert from North London. And hello, Chris, my buddy, the gardener. How you doing, brother? Oh, Robert. What a treat. Fantastic. Robert and Chris. Oh. Now, Robert, are you phoning up to tell us about allotments and, and whatnot? Do you know anything about allotments, where they came from? Chris reckons Victorian times. What do you reckon? Or, or did you call to talk about something else? I would have. I put my ten cents worth worth into um, 
um, in deference to Chris's expertise, of course. But yeah, I would have thought so. I would have, I would have thought that um, in uh, in sort of Elizabeth, well, Edwardian times, maybe Victorian times, the state of the back-to-back housing wasn't conducive to growing anything. So perhaps that that's that era is where it came from. Wonderful idea, isn't it? Because people lived in tenement tenement buildings. I love this and. Therefore, they should have a little bit of green space to grow. What a wonderful thing. Because people will be listening Mm. maybe in certain parts of the United States and this will be alien to them. What is an an allotment? Well, I suppose we can say, as we've already said, it's a bit of land given um, Mm. on loan by the local authority or the local government to a family or to a person to go and grow whatever they want to grow there so long as it's bloody well legal. Yeah, very interesting, Robert. Yeah cunningly using our money to pay us back with. <laughs> yeah, you could say that too. Yeah, cunningly using well, our own it funds. It's true, it's true. It's true. How else do government or um, municipal bodies fund themselves? They they take money from um, the municipality, us, basically. But that, that's... I really want you to start, speak about banking and being yeah, banned be, be, from... Before you do that, Chris, great call, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Mind yourself. We'll talk again. Mate. My pleasure. Robert, great to speak to you as well. Take care, mate. And Richie, I'm Take sure it. I'll speak to you again. You will, you will indeed. Thanks for that. Take yeah, care, buddy. Yeah, yes, See Robert, you, this, this is good now, right? So so we've all, well, quite a few of us that do the old content creation kind of a thing have come up against this, losing the PayPal account or whatever. Nigel Farage, of course, is in the news. His bank said, oh, your account isn't um, maybe wealthy enough or it doesn't have enough funds and blah, blah, blah. Turns out they were telling Porkies they don't like him because of his political points of view and whatnot. And I'm wondering, is this, very naive of me to ask this, Robert, is this going to become the norm? What what say you on cancelling people because they say something that maybe a financial institution maybe or somebody else doesn't like? What do you think? It's already started, Richie, and it started when that little brown envelope started disappearing and they stopped paying you in cash. Then they compelled and forced everybody pretty much to have a bank account. You could be an, an anonymous person in a, in a positive sense by not having to have a bank account. You get paid cash, you do what you want with it then, and then you turn up uh, and you end work on Friday and then you, you know, it's like the... Um, the John Lennon song, Oh Girl, you know, where a bat- man must break his back to earn his day of leisure. It's a little bit like that. So you finished work on Friday, and then you got your cash, you spent it the way you wanted, you got up for work uh, on Monday, possibly with a hangover, and then you cracked on and did it all over again. Now, what happened is that they, um, the, ba- the banks, saw an opportunity there, and I think it's, it, it, it's a clear opportunity for making money. Well, they thought, well, not everybody's got a bank account, Let's force everybody to have a bank account. Bill Gates is doing something very, very similar with um, um, digital ID. He's trying it out in Africa to try and... His concern was that these people didn't all have bank accounts, so they were non-persons. So Nigel Farage, I mean, obviously, he's a bit of a drama queen anyway. um, But he he has a point. Now, coots have uh, rules like everybody else does. It's... They're very stringent. I mean, you have to hold a certain amount of money in your account. Uh, and th- those are the rules. And that's why rich people bank. But um, Citibank, the people that I bank with, are trying on... It'll be a matter of time before my, my account gets uh, touch kit, which is why I opened one with HSBC. 
what happens is in London here, we used to have four outlets, four retail outlets for Citibank um, uh, in various locations, roughly around the West End and the city. Uh, when I opened my account, that was no problem. I didn't really need that much in the way of counter services, but then they automatically took all three, all four away and just had one left in um, Canary Wharf. Now, if I want to pay in cash, I have to schlep up to Canary Wharf to pay in some cash or draw out some cash, which is why I had to open another account. When you phone up as a Citibank account, um, account holder to their, um, their telephone banking mechanism, the first thing that it says, well, the first recorded part, portion of the message, if you're ringing up to, about your account being closed, please press X, Y. Wow. That is it's telling us where it's going. Now, now let, I've got to do my job here now because the UK government is making promises. That's the current Conservative government. It's making promises that it will legislate to prevent financial institutions doing that. I'm guessing, Robert, you don't trust them. I wouldn't trust them as far as I could kick them across the road. Yeah. And you could choose the lightest one you like. <laughs> yeah, and, now, I su- and I suppose this this particular government isn't long for the world, is it? It's probably got another year tops in, in terms of its shelf life. And it's absolutely nailed on that the 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 next government will be led by Keir Starmer. And, well, and you mean the, the current placeholder, don't you? Yes, of course I do. Because yeah, yeah. Because we, 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 we no, don't believe no in governments. No. There is no difference. Now, Keir, um, Keir Starmer is just as enthralled to those them upstairs as um, you know the slumdog millionaires. Uh, he's owned by the sa- he's owned by the same people. You're right. and and Robert, of course, yes. if cash does disappear entirely. And I've got to say this again, I know it might be boring people, but no, I did no, spend okay. did spend a little bit of time in Manchester with the missus, and then I went in by myself. I hadn't been in for ages. And I was staggered at how many places said, we no longer take cash. When cash does, and I say when, when it does disappear, well then, this is, it's moot talking about this because it's game over. Very easy to do, yeah. you know, to punish people by withholding funding if they maybe step out of line and do something that's considered to be unsocial, anti-social or whatever. Or even if you don't, I mean, they can, can, can it's like the brown, it's, it goes back to the brown envelope and the wage packet. Um, they, they compelled everybody, they can compel you to do things. Now, I don't know if the powers that be, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, I don't know if they're losing patience or this is part of their game plan, their, their broad game plan. I'm not too sure, but they can pretty much do whatever they like unless we take our bat and ball away and go and play someplace else. Got loads of calls coming in, Robert. That was a brilliant call, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Take care, Good to hear from you. Thanks for that, Robert there, talking about his own experience in his own bank. Um, As I I pointed out, I, I didn't point it out to Robert. Robert knows this, but the government, again... I'm, I'm not naive, so if you're new to the programme, don't think this guy's naive. I don't believe it. But nevertheless, the government is promising that it will legislate to prevent not just banks, but building societies and other financial institutions because increasingly people are using PayPal, but not even PayPal anymore. They're using Chase. They're using all manner of new banks and institutions on their phones, on their smart devices. You know, places where you'll never... Bank, yeah, they're using banks they will never visit. You know what I mean? 
I opened a Chase account for the crack, you know, um, because Chase was saying we'll give you a much better monthly interest rate on on your 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 money, your deposits than you'll get from your own bank. And anyway, that that didn't turn out to be true. But that's neither here nor there. It's exactly six o'clock. This is Wednesday's program. Let's take another call. Caller, welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? Hello, um, it's Grace Lee. Hello, Grace Lee. You're very welcome. Hello. I'm used to read. <laughs> I'm used to reading your text messages, and here you are. I know. Oh, it's lovely to have you on, Grace Lee. Where are you calling from? Um, Kings Lynn in Norfolk. Kings Lynn in Norfolk, Fandelia country, kind so of. I'd just like to say hello to um, Chris the gardener as well because he's in my neck of the woods. Oh, fantastic! Have you bumped into him? <laughs> no, never. You don't do a stand no. in the park thing around. Oh, you've got to, you've got to change that. No, we go to a stand in the park though. Brilliant, Grace. Hey, listen, thanks first of all for reaching out. I really appreciate it. We've had more ladies today. That's a good thing, the gender balance on the show. What would you like to say, by the way? And take your time. You've got loads of time. Um, so I just wondered if I could speak about um, what my children have been learning at school. I dread to ask what have they been learning at school, but absolutely, go ahead. <laughs> right. So um, I've never really had any problems before, but... Um, when I sent them on the 5th of June, back to school on the Monday. Um, this is primary school, so uh, from ages 5 to 11. Um, they had their classes in the morning, like maths, English. Um, they went for lunch, they came back, and they had a assembly, but it was um, it's not in the hall or anything now. It's like streamed to each classroom on a screen. Um, and they had a LGBTQ assembly um, saying it's okay to be lesbian, gay, transgender. You can be whoever you want to be, whatever you want to be, and it doesn't matter what your parents think. <laughs> Is that what so they said? The, the, it doesn't matter what yeah, you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the screen went off and it was back to maths, English. Geography. There was no discussion afterwards. There was no um, parental consent needed. No information given to parents previous to it. No context, Grace Lee. Um, no context. Nothing, Con- context nothing. is important, isn't it? Because if the school was to reach out to mum or dad and say, you know, we've had a few incidents where kids are getting bullied because the child is trans or whatever. Do you mind if we speak to the children in assembly and point out to them that, you know, live and let live? But that's not what they did. There's no context. And I tell you something else. I'm pretty spooked out by assembly where kids are sitting down in classrooms looking at screens. That's awful. Yeah, well, this has been since um, since all the lockdown and stuff. So they've not been in the hall altogether. They even have their lunches at their desks in the in the classroom still. That's dreadful. And have you and other um, parents said to the to the head teacher, listen, this is not good enough, we expect better? So I, I've been at the school a few times about um, what they've been learning and stuff like that, and the assembly especially. I um, set up a meeting with the head teacher and... Um, oh, sorry. That's <laughs> I love this. You're getting prompted by the kid in the background, Grace Lee. This is brilliant yeah. stuff. Um, so I set up an assembly with a head teacher and uh, not assembly, a meeting with a head teacher and said that um, 
I, I really needed to speak to him and I didn't tell him the reasons why. Um, but I'm, I've, I had been to the school and spoke to the parents and um, they were, no one knew because their, their children hadn't come home and said, this is what we'd done. Um, a couple of my friends had said they thought it was really strange that their children were running around after school shouting out that it's lesbian week. Lesbian week. Um, but apart from that, no, because obviously it was beginning of the pride, it was like a pride month, the beginning of pride month. Um, so they'd been told at school it was lesbian, <laughs> lesbian and gay week. So, but no, no, none of the children knew what on earth one was. You know, it just, was just... Just remind us, it's Grace ridiculous. Lee. It's from age five. Right. That, that, that was my question, just a reminder. So we're talking about five-year-olds. They haven't a clue, nor should they yeah, have, so really. From, no, from age five up until 11. So this is primary school. Um, Can I ask you a yeah, question, so Grace there Lee? Isn't, there isn't gays and lesbians and transgenders, really, at uh, primary school, you, you, you wouldn't Usually have thought when so. they... No. Can I ask you this? Let me ask you this. And maybe you'll tell me to, to, to kind of to, to fake off that this doesn't matter, but let me ask you anyway. Do you think that they think they're doing the right thing? You know, that, that, that they're motivated um, by, by some sort of decency or sense of we need to be inclusive and we need to look out for everybody. Do you, do you think at least on the, on, on the level of head teacher that they think they're doing the right thing or not? Well, I don't know. The, the head teacher at that the school that my children are at he is a gay man um whether he's thinking that you know there there are children at the school that have got two mums or two dads so maybe he is just trying to be inclusive of everyone and all the parents and all the all the children there but um you know at least we could have had a the heads up of, of this is what's going to be happening in case your children have any questions when they get home or um you know i did say to the head it's not part of the curriculum in primary school it isn't um you know it's not it's not really necessary uh we could have if you if you go and sit down with your children to watch a film and it's got pg on it you think oh well, what is it that i need to be worried about um so parental guidance and consent for your children is what you know, you, you, that's what you want. You don't want to be sending them to school and not knowing what they're learning no. while they're there. And my children, probably like a lot of children, you ask them, how, how did you get on today at school? Did you have a good day? What did you learn? Yeah, it's all right. And, you know, just gloss over it. They don't tell you every single part of the day and what they've learned. They, they just want to be home and have a snack and a drink and, you know, chill out a little bit. They don't really go into much detail, but I, I'd heard it through um, through one of my friends. One of my friends said, um, did you know about this presentation they had today? But uh, I, I've been at work that day, so I didn't get into quite late and the children were already abed. So when they got up the next morning, I was asking them about it. And um, yeah, and it was it was true. It was It was what had happened. And where have you left it with the school and what sort of things are you thinking about, Grace Lee, in terms of you obviously don't want your young child to be asked to think about complex issues that they can't possibly understand. You don't want that. So what's the next step, I suppose, for you and for the parents? So um, I have, like I say, I have spoken to the head and he assures me that next month 
uh, next year in June when it's Pride Month that that it won't be happening, yeah. or if it does, it will be like a consent. There will be a, a notification on our um, school app to give consent that this is okay. But um, that's, I mean, this is just the that was the presentation the last couple of weeks ago. Um, my daughter, who's ten, she had a lesson called PSHE, which is like personal social health and economics. Um, but they, they'd written on the app that they would be speaking about um, what happens to girls as they grow and what happens to boys as they grow. And that's really all, all the information they put on the app. And obviously I was thinking, oh, I wonder what, you know, is it going to be too much in depth after this um, assembly? Is it going to be like a lot? So um, I did message them and asked for more details, which they gave me. Um, but then after they'd, after they'd done the the one about what happens to boys as they grow, um, my daughter said, oh, um, the teacher said that that milky stuff comes out of boys. And when I phoned them about it, um, they'd been they'd been talking about wet dreams at 10 years old. To 10-year-olds. And it's just, uh, just unbelievable. What was your response um, when so you learned they were talking about wet dreams with your 10-year-old daughter? Well, I was disgusted. It's, um, you know, like a lot of children in her class have, you know, their parents are, they're, they're good parents and they're, they're doing what they want to do with their children. But I've, I've never let my children have, um, you know, tablets to go and sit in their rooms and do whatever they want or anything like that. So, um, you know, they've not got phones, they've not got tablets. Um I'm quite strict with what they see online. So, but some of the other children have, have been doing that for two or three years. So they probably know about those kind of things. Whereas I've tried to, um, you know, let them be children rather than being yeah. thrust into this horrible world of social media and knowing things that you don't need to know when you're a child, you know? We've had a message from Sarah. Uh, Sarah believes, in her opinion, it's being done to break down the nuclear family, uh, the nuclear family unit. It's um, because if people are divided, people are easier uh, to conquer. That's from Sarah. A lot of people are horrified. Loads of messages on this. And one or two are ahead of me because I was going to ask you, do you think it could ever get to the point where you might say, you could have a go at educating them yourselves or would your circumstances not be suitable for, for that to happen? Um, so, you know, I, I work, I work part time. I have got the time to homeschool. Um, my daughter, she's going to be, she's got her last year at primary school. Um, this year coming from September is her last year at primary school and then she'll be into high school which I'll find quite hard to homeschool her if she's learning things in our high school I just don't feel like I've got the knowledge to be able to do it right um I don't know it's, it's a difficult one isn't it because you really want to do the best for them but at the same time I don't want to go mad yeah, that's that. I can you know, I, I can just, imagine uh, it's, stressful, it's very stressful. A hard one. It's going to be. Uh, it would be difficult. My son is. Um, he's five, so he's just started primary school. So um, you know, it, I do try my hardest with them when they're not at school to be 
to teach them and inform them and speak to them about um, pretty much what they're learning at school with those kind of things is is not right. I mean, there was a massive storm the other day and she came home, my daughter, who's 10, and said, oh, this is because of climate change. <laughs> so it's just it's just unbelievable. Uh, the things, you, you know, and so we... Uh, We've done a bit of research and I made her do a big poster with all these different facts about CO2. And I heard some um, stuff on, on from one of your comments um, from a lady who commented. And I kept pausing and rewinding and writing the uh, info down. And I made her do a lovely picture with a little rainbow and a sunshine in the corner and um, and told her to give it to a teacher from me. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, um, I spoke to one of the one of the um, teaching assistants who's in year six. So in the year above where my daughter is at the minute. And she said in year six in PSHE, they learn about masturbation and yeah. self-pleasure. Yeah, I've heard this. I mean, I, if, yeah, you know, if I um, if I was teaching my child that and the police turned up, they would send out social services. Yes, they might do, yeah. You know, but it's okay if a teacher does it. When I was you know, five, when I was... right, it's just no, unnecessary. I remember being five. I do remember it. I went to St. Saviour's Primary School, National School in Ballybeg in Waterford. And I remember what we were doing when I was five. We we basically learned to, to read and to write in the Irish language and in English. And that was and and to do basic numeracy, basic mathematics. Most of the rest of the time, we were putting on plays, we were acting out scenarios, we were doing arts and crafts, we were outside rolling around. You know, we had gym mats, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it would it would have been unthinkable for teachers back then. What you've just said to me, Grace Lee, unthinkable because well, I just I just don't understand the mentality of the teachers. Like, do they not? think oh my goodness I cannot believe I've got to teach the children this today you know do they not think that this is wrong like how can they go to work and and teach this you know thankfully half of them half of the children there are probably just giggling and laughing and and not really paying much attention um but you know some of them is going to affect my daughter she said uh, I said to her about the um the presentation I said well, what did you think to all that? And she said, well, I don't really know. I weren't really listening that much because I was too busy doing my hair, putting a plait in my hair. So thankfully, she's just, <laughs> she knows it's nonsense. Well, she kind of, it sounded, sounds like she kind of went out of herself to, you know, to, to avoid it. Yeah. Not to, not to have yeah. to engage with it. She kind no. of, that's terrible, isn't it? I mean, that's terrible to, yeah. to think this is happening and, is that when parents mm. question it, like we, we know there's a very famous case in recent weeks where a mother was told by the school, we cannot show you the materials because the materials are owned by a third party and there are copyright issues oh. there. Unbelievable. Yeah, we've had all this because when I went and saw the head teacher about the presentation in um, assembly, I said, um, I'd like to see what these screen, you know, these slides, these screenshot things that you've been showing in the background of your presentation are. So he let me look at them and I said, well, can I take a picture of them, please, off your screen? Because I, um, I wanted to show my mum, you know. And, oh, no, you can't do that because it's copyright. We pay to this 
um, company, which is called Twinkle. Um, we pay to them and it's because of copyright, we can't send them to you and you can't take a picture off the screen. But he said, if you would like to um, sign up, you can. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just... Can you um, do us a favour? Look, you, you know how to reach out to me. Can you keep because this this is an ongoing mm. situation, Grace Lee. So can you, yeah, keep, can you stay in touch with us and let us know when there is a development because you can come back on because people will be plaguing me now in the coming weeks. There, Richie, ask Grace Lee how it's going because you're obviously one of many parents that are saying to head teachers and to schools, this is unacceptable. Our children are supposed to be learning to read and write to do mathematics, but they're also supposed to be having a lot of fun. And this yeah. is not fun. This is sinister, very sinister. You know, we don't think about these well, things when we're that age. We shouldn't be. Yeah, now I, I think it is sinister. And no wonder that the, the high school that um, that is attached, not attached, but they generally they go from this primary school that she's at to a to a high school that which is very close the the playgrounds kind of back onto each other yeah. and there there is a child there that identifies as a cat and they 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 let it they let her or him or I don't know whether it's male or female but they they let her identify as a cat now do you know this to be absolutely true grace lee because i've heard some 100% of these stories true. is it yeah 100% Hundred percent. And nobody says to the child, "Listen, it's okay to pretend to be a cat for ten minutes." But back in the room now, your real well, name that, is. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. You know, my son, he he pretends he's Iron Man, but then I take his costume off that he had on for a couple of hours <laughs> yeah. and say, "Right, shower time now. Come on." <laughs> you know, I I, yeah. I think with these children, the, the parents are to blame as well. But you know, because if if my child said that they were a cat, I would say, well. You know, there's a litter tray, there's a bowl. We're going on holiday this year, but you can't come because cats don't go. <laughs> yeah. They would soon change their mind. In a heartbeat, yeah, absolutely. That's a but brilliant call, Grace Lee. Just as, just as, um, as twisted, I think. They might well allow be. it. But when I say brilliant call, that's a very important call. Um, thanks for, for getting in touch. It sounds like, right, and I don't mean to sound in any way patronising towards you, but it sounds like your 10 and 5-year-old are going to be fine because of you. You know, is that whatever they might get yeah. fed. It doesn't mean they should get fed this stuff. They should not. But thankfully, they've got you to, to deprogram them when they come home. And I don't say that for yeah. a laugh. You know, thankfully, you're there to say, listen, come here and I tell you, this is not right. And they can, um, you know, get the, the, the facts f from you. But it doesn't mean it should be going on. And this government no, doesn't seem, it, again, yeah. to, you know, th th they're, they're kind of rowing back the Tories. They've said they're going to they're gonna forbid schools for talking about certain things and, and from talking. And also they're going to forbid schools from socially transitioning a pupil from one gender to another and not telling the parents. That's what they said they would stop. But now they're kind of rowing mm -hmm. back on that. And now they're saying they're going to defer a decision on the advice, on the guidance for schools. They're going to defer that decision about the guidance for several more months instead of sticking to their guns and telling schools, listen, mm. you've got to consult with mum and dad. End of story. But they're, um, they're, yeah. they seem to be reluctant to do that, Gracie. I'm going to take another call. Did you want to say something quickly before Lovely. we move on? No, no, that's brilliant. Thank you for having me on. No, I'll give over. Thank you. It's a very important call, Gracie. Thank Thanks you. a lot. And stay in touch. Cheers then. Really appreciate bye -bye. that. Bye for now. Yeah. Have you got a child going through that? 
or have you had a child go through that? Do you have a niece or a nephew who's going to school to to basically do what we did when we went to school in the late 70s, early 80s, which was to get the basics of education, the very, very basics, which were reading and writing, your mathematics, and most of the rest of the time was messing around, arts and crafts, all the fun stuff we used to do. My memories of St. Saviour's National School in Ballybeg are very fond. I had some nice teachers. I can remember their names. Magella, great name, Magella Curtin. Chris Power was a teacher of mine. Paul Dillon. Greg Scanlon was a teacher. A woman called Brown. I can't remember her first name. And it was all great crack for the most part, really, when I think of it. None of this stuff. Julie has reached out, and it's important, because we did mention chemtrailing trailing earlier on. Julie, welcome to the programme. How are you? Well, hello, my darling. How are you? I'm, lovely to talk to you. It's lovely me. to talk to you, and it's yeah, Ladies' Day well, today on the show. I've been for three years, and um, you've saved my sanity, quite frankly. Give as, over. As well as many people. Well, thanks. But picking up what Grace Lee just said, my um, sister, her, her uh, twin uh, grandsons, they're seven, and, and they've got a couple of uh, pussycats that come to school every day no um, with the ears on, you know, and uh, the, the, the the whiskers. And uh, they sit there all, you know, all day in school with them on. It, you know, my sister can't believe it because she doesn't understand about anything like this. You know, she's been jabbed and everything and all that sort of thing. So she's in disbelief, you know, but as we all are, of course. But then again, she did work on the gender reassignment um, clinic in, in about 1985 at the city hospital. Um, and so she's watched, I literally watched the operations uh, in a day. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, in those days, when they did start started it started doing it, she'd have um, guy a guy come in and he'd, he'd have first of all he'd have a, one part of the operation, then he'd come back to have the other, and, and when when they'd um, sort of done it all and he'd come in as a woman, he'd say, oh oh I'm a, I'm a lesbian now, um, I've got a girlfriend, and I, and I used to think, well, you're not really a lesbian, are you? Because you're a bloke and you fancy yeah. women, yeah, um, but. You know, well, these were people. Basically. These were people, Julie, who were very serious and who needed to have the surgery and had sexual yeah. reassignment surgery. So we're talking about transsexual uh, people. I keep saying this, and it never happens, but I am going to make it happen. I'm going to get Diane back on the show really soon to talk about this because Diane is a transsexual woman. She can talk about this, and that was a yeah. different thing. And there weren't too many people who you know needed to have the surgery well, and well, went they and had it. Paying, they stopped. The government stopped paying for it in the end, and I think people had to pay for it themselves. Right. But of course, the issue had started, hadn't it? And they still kept pushing it over the. Um, uh, over the year, over the years, was always in the background. Uh, but on the chemtrailing thing, I mean, I've just come back from Casares, you know, as I know you know it very well, uh, and Kessa and all that. And the the skies were white. I, I mean, I've been there for twenty years, and you know, obviously, in this time of the year, we've seen the beautiful blue skies, and it was white for two weeks. Just the skies are white. You wake up in the morning, you've got this heavy white mist hanging over everything because of this crap in the sky. And people are red hot because you've been, the, the heat's being trapped. Yeah, you're being, you're being baked underneath, underneath it. You're being suffocated, you're being yeah. trapped. I mean, I, I, I put, I, I mean, I, I'm high up in, in De Kessa. I mean, like, not De Kessa, I'm in Casares, one of the highest points. So I do, I've got no air con, so I, I, I do... Um, leave my windows open, although it's a bit scary because I get the uh, 
uh, American orange cockroaches come in at night, oh, and they are absolutely terrified. I mean, they don't harm you, but you don't you don't want them crawling over you at night. So, I, I, but I do leave the windows open. But I, I like, I'll like um, put a flannel. Flat, a cold flannel uh, in the freezer and then at night I get it out and stick it on my chest to, to cool my body down but but it's constantly chemtrailed there all the time I mean I, 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 listen, I watch a guy who's down in Gibraltar Louise Eduardo Diani and he's got the biggest fa most fabulous camera uh, and he goes up on the top of Jib and he films all the all the planes coming in and out chemtrailing uh, Ryanair or, or you know he gets right up close to them hang on a second uh, so his so name is Lewis well. hang on Julie so this is Lewis Eduardo does he post Louis, any of, Louis, Louis is L-U-I-S does he post Eduardo Diani does he post any uh, of this uh, online he's, he's on YouTube as well he's, on, he's got some stuff on YouTube um, he's been doing it now um, I've been watching him all year you know he messages messages me and things like that he actually does like tourists he does tours around jib, jib as well he lives there and um he's got the most amazing enormous fantastic camera and he um he, he, he films he's been filming all the all the planes coming in and out chem trailing taking away blocking the sun coming down from jib and um i mean last year when you laid on the beach in uh, down at say sabadeus or whatever you, you would um you would be able to see the chemtrails, the, the planes coming across, all in crisscrosses and everything. But now they, the, that, the skies are that covered, you can't even see the planes. Uh, I mean, here where I live in Nottingham, uh, I live high. Uh, you probably know Matley, Matley Top because you've lived here, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, for uh, a while. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they say um, we're as, as, as high as the Orals, is it? The Orals in Russia, we're high up. So, because I'm very high up, uh, I sit in my conservatory and I can hear I hear the planes roaring across me, and I just go, if somebody's in the, in here at the moment, I'll go, it's going to rain now, you know. And when it does, they think I'm a magician. <laughs> right. So <there's, laughs> I've been listening for the last couple of years. Yeah, this they, might be cloud seeding. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I watch it. I've got this massive, expansive view. I have in Spain and I have here actually. So I've got a massive ex expanse of the sky. And it, make, it makes my blood boil because I've been I've been filming them and putting them on Facebook for the last couple of years, and uh, of course people think I'm mental. Uh, but then some people uh, were sort of a bit be like, mm, oh. a, a couple of days ago, about uh, Monday, I, uh, I put on here. Um, the, the, it had been they'd rained it all out all day long, so it had been full of full of the. Uh, you know the, the clouds gray and white we don't see blue much it's all gray gray and white they'd rained it out all day long for hours and um and then in the evening it's also got much more clear well when a bit of blue comes they normally start to stick it back in don't they so i was filming them and um i put it on facebook you know and said you know it'll be raining again tomorrow morning well of course it did so you, you just hope that some people think well Oh, well, she she said it was going to rain, and it did. You know, something wrong with this, uh, yeah. Because because it, it it is all manipulated. You know, I mean, two thousand and four. You you look at the UN um, conference that they had there that that's got it all on. You know, it, it talks about it, and, and the redwood trees dying in dying in um, California, and how they dry out from the inside out, and you know, because the roots are being dried out with the aluminium and strontium, barium, whatever you want to say, um, but. It's just abhorrent, you know, that what we're living through, uh, the, the constant lies. I mean, I've got to never watch the tel tel television. I, I just couldn't bear it. I mean, um, 
Vernon Coleman put me in touch with you, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And you, I, I listen to you daily. I was, I was listening to the lads today, actually, from yesterday. Brilliant. Um, you know, uh, who, who did the 32 Steve, mountains. Stephen Steve and Aidan. Yeah, absolutely Yeah, well, I, well I've, I've downloaded that because I'm off to Mallorca in the morning. So you got something and, to watch uh, on the plane. For my son's third, third, 30th. And... Um, uh, uh, I'm, I've downloaded it to watch on the plane, uh, but I went to the uh, I went to the um, money shop today to get straw fifteen hundred quid out in euros, and uh, he said, "Oh, uh, have you got any uh, idea on you?" I said, "Well, I've been I'm, I always come here, and you never ask me for it normally because you've already had it. It's all on the computer, you know." So, oh well, um, no, it's flagged up that you, you you've gone over your two and a half that because I, I went to Kasari Centre about three weeks ago. I, I messaged you on that one. And um, he said, oh, you've gone over your two and a half thousand pound limit. Um, you, you need to uh, give us your, you know, idea again, uh, because I wanted 50. You know, I mean, it's, it's just the fact that they are monitoring, you, you know, I mean, I said to them, my God, you know, the, the biggest money laundering, it's the money laundering, you know. Well, the biggest money laundering in the world, we know, are the government and uh, Ukraine, I said, you know, of course. Yeah, absolutely. As they all know, and, they, and, they, and they all laughed. Because um, they, they were all clued up behind the counter, bless them. But um, you know, this is where you're at when you when you just. I said, well, I pay all my taxes. I've got to pay a load of tax actually at the end of July, you know, as we do. And um, you, you go on holiday and want a bit of money, and 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 they're, and, they're, and they're watching you. They're flagging you up. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the case now. Most things you do when when it comes to making a financial transaction, the questions are becoming more and more intrusive when. When it comes to, to 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 you know to to kind of completing that transaction, Julie, I've got Alice right on the line. Alice wants to yeah. bring a bit of balance to the whole education in schools and children. So I want to get Alice on. Yeah. Great, great call about chemtrailing. Thanks for yeah. it's Luis Eduardo. He's in Gibraltar. Luis, Luis yeah, L U I S Eduardo Diani. He posts all the time on the. Oh, from Gibraltar, this is news right, to me. From Gibraltar, yeah. yeah. Well, have a fantastic time in Mallorca. Okay, my darling, I will do. Lovely to talk to well, you. Well, it's lovely to talk to you too. Thanks, Julie. Julie, who's from Nottingham, uh, lives in Nottingham, but um, spends quite a bit of time in Spain. She's off to Mallorca um, tomorrow, so she said thanks to Julie. Excellent call there. Yeah, I don't understand why more people don't, um, you know, see it for what it is, what's happening above them in the skies. Alice um, dropped me a line. And says, Richie, if uh, you don't mind, I'd like to come on just to kind of bring a little bit to balance, to give you a different take on what's going on in schools, education and what's not, sexual education and that. As the time, by the way, is at 29 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. It's Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. It's Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. Hang on a second. I had Alice there for a minute now. I had Alice. And um, I know there's an inevitable gag there, but I'm not going to say where the is Alice, but um, I lost her then. Let's see, can we get her back? Plenty of time for you to get in touch with me between now and the end of the programme. It's um, It's been a brilliant phone-in show. Alice, hello, how are you? Welcome to the programme. Hello, Alice. We're connected. Ah, she's gone. It says the connection might be a bit too weak, so we should try again 
um, in a moment is what it's telling me. Drat is the best laid plans. I think Alice is going to give me a slightly different take than what we heard from Grace Lee. But that gives me a chance, right? Uh, because a lot of messages have come in, very interesting ones, and it's very unfair when people take the time to send in messages and they don't get read out. And one of them was to do, I think it came in from Mark, did it? Yes, one of them to do was, was to do with allotments. Because we talked about when did allotments become an official thing here in the UK? And Mark Carroll, how are you, Mark? Very good detectoring, very good detective work. He says the Allotment Act was formed in 1925. Thank you, my friend. So that might mean now it was made official in 1925. But it might be the case that authorities, whatever they might have looked like, might have been giving people little plots of land, you know, on loan, as it were, before that, to grow their own vegetables and fruit and whatnot. So, yes, excellent. We should look into that a bit more. Hello, Alice. Hello, Richie. Hello oh, there. Thank God we got you on, because I like a <laughs> bit of balance. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the sub- sub- suburbs of Birmingham. From so, Birmingham. You're a Brummie. Yes. Are you a Brummie yourself? I am. I am indeed, yes. Love so. Birmingham. <laughs> I will tone down the accent though. Not so at all. I love the accent. This is one of the <laughs> this is one of the silliest cliches in the country, isn't it, about the accent. You know, some of some of some of the UK's best broadcasters these days are from Birmingham and, and damn proud of it too. Now you, you you got in touch, Alice, and you said, Look, um, yes. I might have a slightly different take than Grace Lee on the education. So it's over to you. That's I will not interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay, so I've got two sons, they're 11, so I've got twins, um, and they're just about to finish primary school. Now, what the other lady was talking about, I have had absolutely no experience of that at all. The primary that they've gone to hasn't had any trans agenda, there's been no talk about pride, or they have the assembly all. Ah, be Jesus. Alice, do you know what? Hang on a second now. Hang on. It's dropping out. So do you know what you might do for me if you don't mind? Send me a text message through Skype with your number and I'm going to call you back immediately so we can chat. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Alice. Do that. Yeah, because the internet connection is is a little bit um, shite at the moment, not to put too fine upon. So Alice sounds lovely. So she's going to send me her number. I'll give her a call then. And while I'm doing all of that, I'm some man for one man, huh? Huh? Unbelievable boy, which are big heading you. While I'm doing that, um, here are the stereophonics. And that'll give me an opportunity to get Alice on the program and uh, and hear from her. Okay, back in a moment with Alice. I know it's a terrible shame. Great song, Dakota. The stereophonics or stereophonics, twenty-four and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Alice, thank God for that. That's better. You're there. I can hear you. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, so do you just want me to just explain to you my, my experience? Please do. Go back to the beginning yes. and you've got plenty of time. Please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, so I've got two sons. They're 11, so they're just finishing primary. Um, they're twins. And the primary school that they've been to, we have had nothing like that lady at all. Um, they've never discussed trans. Um, they may have discussed very loosely 
being gay um, in year six. Um, nothing, nothing like what that lady said. They do have P- P- PSHE um, where we went for a parents' evening to discuss in year five what they were going to be talking about. It was very age appropriate. So they split the girls from the boys and the girls talk about periods and the boys talk about what happens to their body as they develop. Nothing at all about wet dreams or anything like that. And even in year six as well. And I just, and a lot of the, I mean, I've got quite a few friends dotted around the country and I speak to them and they're not experiencing this either. And I just think that it's, it must be so, but the school that my children go to, the demographic, there's quite, um, there's white people, there's Asian people, there's Muslim, you know, there's Chinese. It's quite, it's quite a multicultural school. And I'm wondering if there's, for example, there's more Muslims that go to a school, are they, are they toning it down or I, I don't know, but from, from what I'm, experiencing i have had nothing like that at all um with regard to the climate change and everything like that again it's loosely spoke about but as soon as they come home i just give them some balance so because they're going to go through life and they're going to they're going to come up with this every everywhere they go it's there's going to be climate change talk so they need to understand balance and that's where we come in to balance it all out so very good very good i like this idea because I, I, I know that Grace Lee is telling the truth. She's she's going through this. And we've seen yeah. in the Telegraph and in the Times, we've seen actual materials that are being presented to 10-year-olds in some schools. So it's wonderful that it's not going on with your own kids. So obviously the question that you're asking is, well, I wonder why. And I wonder if there's maybe more kids who's you know, maybe from a religious denomination, maybe yeah. if they're if schools are more reticent to do it because they might be more of a pushback. We know that in some parts of the UK, we know that in some Muslim communities, they came out in big numbers to certain schools, didn't they, to protest yeah. Yeah. when they knew this was yeah. going on. So, so thank heavens your kids are not being exposed to it because as a mum, no. Alice, they don't need to hear this stuff, do they? Of course not. No, of course not. And it has to be age appropriate. They do need the talks. They do. We had the talks, you know, I'm probably just a few years younger than yourself, Richie. Um, We had the talks at school, which was great. You know, it's funny. Everybody just used to giggle the way through it. And I did ask the boys, well, what did you do? And they were just like, well, we just found it funny. (laughs) They just giggled. Which is what they would do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know where to but, put uh, my face when I was in secondary school and this came up when I was 14. Mr. Galvin was the biology teacher and he couldn't have been more grey. Now think of um, think of Reginald Perrin or CJ in Reginald Perrin's uh, ice cream factory. Um, just a very grey man. And I didn't know, because I went to a boys and girls school, co-ed secondary school. I didn't know where to put my face, Alice, when they started talking about the eggs and the gametes and all this sort of stuff and the sperm. So what you do, you just start laughing, don't you? You just start laughing out loud. And, and yeah. that's, by the same thing, that, that's what the, the, the kids have been doing in their school. But what I would say as well, a lot of the this gender with kids, a lot of it is coming from the mothers and the parents themselves. Um, they just want to be really sort of inclusive. And this is what this is what my experience would be, that it's not being driven by their school, but if there's anything at all. So so there's one child there, for example, and he's, I mean, he's 11 and he says he's gay, but his, his, his mother's kind of really encouraging that. And I say to my children, I say, well, at 11, it's, it's a bit too young, really. You know, you've got your whole life, you've got to know where you want to go with it. But I, I, a lot of the time it's being driven by the parents. It was the same with the masks at school, actually. Now, again, the school that the kids go to, 
no, none of the teachers wore masks at all. Yeah. And but I know that they got some complaints from parents because the teachers weren't wearing wearing masks. It's it's crazy. You've touched on something beautiful there as well, Alice. I briefly worked with a radio news host called Steve, who was originally from Northern Ireland. And I worked with Steve fairly briefly back in the late 1990s. And Steve is a gay man. And when he was 13 or 14, he had lovely parents. He told his mum and dad, look, I think I'm attracted to boys and what have you. And their response to him was absolutely wonderful. They said, um, um, well, thanks for sharing that with us, they said to him. And um, that might very well be the case. But it, it might not be. Just see how it goes, you know. Don't get too wrapped up in it or wound up by it. Don't worry too much about it. Just be who you are and kind of crack on. And then, That's of course, it. of course, he, he he was gay, obviously. And then, you know, no issue. But yeah. that, that was a lovely approach to it, you know. Son, don't be... Yeah. Don't you're not fully, you know, because I remember having a crush on a teacher when I was on a male teacher when I was nine yeah. or ten years of age. You know, it's, that wouldn't be unusual. Normal. Yeah, yeah. But now, now, what what I think is happening now is you're sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. It's your kids, it's your call. Go ahead. Kids, they have to identify as something. They have, there's all this issue about identification. I identify as autistic, even though a lot of the kids aren't. Um, I identify as this, and it's all about wanting to put themselves into a subcategory of something and I don't know whether that's healthy. I think that's um that's that's a worrying thing for me, I think. Just you know, just be be whoever. Be just be, be Mike or Steve or Yeah, or absolutely. It is. Yeah. If only more parents would say to the children, when the child says, I think I'm trans if they would only say, well, look, you might not be. We're not telling you what to do. We're not trying to impose our will on you. But look, you might not be. Don't get caught up in that yet. Just, you know, relax with it. Just, But they don't. Yeah. A lot of parents kind of jump on it and go, all right, you're trans they then. And, they, uh, they do. Yeah. And it's a lot for attention as well. They the, like the attention of, you know, my son's this. It's the identification as, again. So... Yeah, it's strange times, isn't it, really? There are strange times, but you sound absolutely amazing. And and your approach, as you said earlier on, Alice, um, is uh, like Grace Lee, who was brilliant earlier too, is that you say, when they come in and they say, oh, we were told that it was very warm today because of climate change, you sit down and you yeah. say, well, there's another argument. Uh, that's it, that's it. Yeah, we, we've always done that. Yeah, it's important too. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant, Alice. Great call. Lovely for you to reach out to us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And uh, call again. Stay in touch. Thank you, Alice. Will do. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank no, you. No, my pleasure. Brilliant. Brilliant callers today. Outstanding. They're always good, the callers. But brilliant. Alexandra says, Richie, what a great call in. It's lovely to hear from all these beautiful, brave ladies speaking their minds. Absolutely right. 100% right. Uh, thank you. Um, and, and I have had a couple of messages from people. I will read them now. Um, there's a very long one from Liz I don't think we've heard from Liz before who is going through pretty much I'm going to paraphrase all of this a big long one from Liz Liz how are you? Liz is in Scotland and um, Liz's grand, yeah, grand, grandson is 12 is going through this at the moment is being exposed to the types of concepts that Grace Lee shared with us earlier on and Liz tells me in this long email, I'm not criticising it for being long, Liz, don't, um, don't take that at all. I'm just, uh, I can't read it all out, it's very long. You're basically saying that, sadly for you, your daughter, who's this boy's mum, is all for it. Is all for the talk about sex and genders and the gender-bred man and all that sort of lunacy that they're, you know, imposing upon children. 
in uh, in this day and age. Thanks for the call. Um, uh, thanks for the calls, I should say. I'm going to take another tune. When I come back, I'm going to read some more messages. That's what I'm going to do. And before too long, we're going to run out of time. It's absolutely flown by today, and Jesus Christ. Don't blaspheme, boy. Don't blaspheme. No, I'll tell you what, I won't take another tune. I'll take another call. That's what I'll do. It's easier. It's easier. I won't make a mistake then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Uh, you're speaking to Millie. Hello, Hi. Millie. Welcome to the programme. Where are you calling from? Um, Norfolk. Oh, you're not too far I'm then from... You're not too far from Grace Lee in Norfolk. No, no, exactly. Exactly, man. Well, you're, yeah. Listen, you're very welcome. The floor is yours. You've got a few minutes. Go ahead. We've spoke before. I first met you um, on the Isle of Wight. Um, at David Ike's, me and my girlfriend at the time, like were. Oh, I remember, of course. Yes, that's Red right. Locks. I remember the warm-up event on the Isle of Wight. Of course, I remember. Do, do you remember like the dreadlock, the, the, the dreadlock couple? I do remember the dreadlock couple. I remember that who you were standing the next to. Yes, I remember. I remember, and yeah. I, I, I spoke with you, and we were also speaking to a lovely, lovely woman who had more gelins. Um, due to basically due to chemtrailing, amazingly enough, I I, I remember yeah. it very vividly. Right, Millie, we're going to run out of time rapidly. So, what would you like to say? It's nice yeah. to speak with you again. Um, well, I, I I did call call you like probably six months ago. Um, like I I mentioned like um I, I don't know whether you can remember like but like several family members after having the jab have been like either dead or like seriously hurt. Um. There's a couple of more like friends that have died like since having the jab. One of them, um, one of them, like um, there's nothing conclusive. Like he was just found dead in his bed. But my sister's ex-boyfriend, um, he um, died following the jab, and he openly posted on Facebook that like he had had the jab. Um, <clears throat> are we talking Millie hang on and, and by the way look we've got a few minutes so there's no need to rush now so hang on a minute so are, are what, what sort of time frame following the jab are we talking about I'm I'm not too sure because like obviously like I mean it's my sister's ex-boyfriend um, there was you know they went through like a thing but um, I mean he was found he was found dead in his flat and the end, it came up in the inquest that, like, you know, they spoke about stuff, and I, ex- I, I, I actually expected him to have died through, like, probably alcohol and prescription drugs. But none of this was even mentioned in the inquest. It was like there was this big white elephant in the room, which was the jab. And... I mean, I don't know personally that he had the jab, but he was, like, self-promoting it on Facebook. Um, yeah. So. You see, this is a terrible place for people to be, I think. And I feel really <laughs> sorry for people. It's a really terrible place for people to be because you've you've got really good grounds for suspecting, at least, or for wondering if the jab was involved or not. But because of the abject failure of the medical authorities in this country, you're left knowing that something might have happened, but almost impossible to provide any proof. And that's a tough place to be, Millie, for surviving family members, isn't it? That's totally, terrible. Man. It, yeah, it, and you, there was no mention of 
the jab at the inquest. It was, you know, and that is, like I just said, was the big white elephant in the room. It's, but nobody, like, you know, it's family members. Like, they're, they're, I mean, I, I don't know because I've, like, not been too involved. <laughs> but I, lots of people have been jabbed. And, like, you, you, you can't question it. Like, it's, you know. But yeah, well, yeah, do, do you know? Do you know what you could you could actually drive? I don't mean you now, but people could drive themselves mad. And by people, I mean people like us, people who know that the jabs were first of all they were unnecessary. Second of all, absolutely no uh, proof whatsoever that the the jabs are safe. None. There is no proof that these jabs are safe. None. In fact, all the evidence is to the contrary that they do cause harm. And in great numbers of people. So you could go mad because every time you learn, we live in a, you know, very densely populated city, Salford, right? So Millie, every time you learn that a young man or a woman had a stroke, right, and died suddenly or had some sort of coronary event, immediately you think to yourself, Jesus, I wonder, did she have two or three jabs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got to question it. And like, I mean, something I heard last night, it's like, um, you know, like, you wouldn't buy something, like, <laughs> um, yeah, like, if you thought it was going to work, and but you had to have six more boosters, like, it's like, you just wouldn't buy it, but, like, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's just another, like, person that I know that has died following the jab. The other friends that I was on about was found dead in his bed. I don't know any further. That was only like probably ten days ago. So like, there's going to be an inquest again. Um, yeah, and the person might have been dealing with the person might have been dealing with long-term health complications totally, because of. Totally. And and, yeah. and to be to to you to your absolute credit, you're acknowledging that. But that doesn't matter. They've given these jabs to people with no long-term safety data. Therefore, the the only right and proper thing to do, if you're a coroner, is to investigate the jab alongside everything else. So the man might have smoked a bit. The man might have eaten unhealthy food. He might have had a pretty bad diet. Fair enough. But he also had these unproven, untested jabs. Let's have a look at that side by side. But they don't do that. And yeah, it's they terrible. Don't, they don't. They didn't. They didn't even go there. Like nobody. Like I, I wish I'd have been there. I, you know, I didn't know of the time of the. I would have been. I'm a big advocate of like you know this whole thing that like you know it's just a fucking con. It's yeah yeah. Millie, I'm going to read Mate. a few comments and wrap it up, buddy. Thanks for no, calling no, no, in. I, Good I, to hear I, from I, you. Yeah, I, yeah, you too, buddy. Like um, yeah. Really important call, that. It's an important call. Thanks, Millie, because it's happening everywhere. Right, people who are maybe naysayers, not naysayers, but sceptics might say, Richie, people die in communities that are densely populated. People die in those communities all the time. Of course they do. I'm sure in Salford today, I'm sure a handful of people passed away for various reasons. You know, as I said, a long-term health problem, maybe emphysema, maybe COPD, maybe a bad heart, right? But the fact is, many of these people will have had one, two or three jabs that they didn't need, that didn't do anything, jabs 
brand new technology mRNA with no long-term safety data. And you're left wondering with these people, well, was it the bad health that killed the chap? Because we know he wasn't in great health. Or was it the bad health, uh, you know, compounded by taking a jab or some of these jabs that he didn't need to begin with and as I said a thousand times in the last two and a half years, completely untested, untried, and no long-term safety data. Those are legitimate questions. And it must be driving people around the bend, you know, learning about coronaries and, and strokes and people dropping dead all of a sudden and there's no explanation for it and what have you. As the time is fast approaching, what is it now? It's fast approaching seven minutes to the top of the air. I'll read a few comments. And then I will take my leave of you for today. It's been a brilliant um, phone and thank you. Thank you very much for getting involved, dear listener. Thank you very much for getting involved. Just before I do that, let me just do this. Oh, that's terrible. Someday of it today I had. I won't bore you with it again. Someday. Someday I had today. It was unbelievable. I banjaxed up the entire broadcast desk, which you've seen photographs of and what have you. And um, the settings and all of that, and it all had to be put back piece by piece all day long. It wasn't fun, but we got there in the end, didn't we? We did. We got there in the end, so we did. Yeah, all right, okay. Uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, they are Legion 2. Lorraine says, Mike Decker on YouTube is another one to look at regarding the crap coming out of the planes, the chemtrails. Mike Decker, D E C K. E-R. Very good, Lorraine. Thank you for the recommendation. Grace Lee came back on to say that she should have mentioned she has removed her daughter from the sex education part of the P-H, sorry, P-S-H-E. P-S-H-E stands for Personal, Social, Health and Economic Education. That's, this is what they call it. It's a, it's a mouthful, right? Big mouthful. P-S-H-E, Personal, Social, Health and Economic Education. Grace Lee says her 10-year-old daughter will not be, will, will, will get P-S-H-E lessons, will receive P-S-H-E lessons, but not the parts that deal with sex. Grace Lee is not having it. And I don't blame her, 100%. I wouldn't have it either. I wouldn't. I've said this before, and it's not to be brave or big, but um, if we had been blessed with children, you never know, we might be. Uh, they would be home educated. There would be no health visitors. No health visitors coming to the house, asking questions, asking to be allowed to come and see and examine the baby. No, none of that nonsense. It wouldn't happen. Not with our child. We made these vows many years ago when we saw what was happening with social services and what they were doing to families and all the rest of that. It is time for me to go. It was a really interesting phone, and thanks to all our callers. We'll be back tomorrow, you and me, at 5 o'clock UK time for Thursday's Richie Allen radio show. That's tomorrow at 5. In the meantime, please enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. And thanks again for listening to those of you who listened and sent in your brilliant messages too. Bye now. Bye now.